We've been through a lot, now we're headed to the top, and it's only getting better. Just watch, cause we got that defense, 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 yeah. Recording this on a snowy Martin Luther King Jr. day. This is Bluegrass Blitz. I'm Zach with uh, Sean and Derek joining me this morning. Guys, how are you all? We're good, Zach. We're good. Doing good, Zach. So, uh, over the weekend, guys, uh, not a whole lot going on, but uh, Kentucky got a huge win over uh, the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday in a game I don't think anybody really saw coming. Uh, 107-79 to uh, win over Tennessee, who had one of the best scoring defenses in the country going into this game. And Kentucky put forth, I don't know, maybe it's the best offensive performance of the John Calipari era. Uh, it just uh, unreal uh, the way Kentucky went about that. Shot almost 68% from the floor, 61% from three, and uh, just overall just dominated Tennessee from the start. Zach, there's no doubt. Tennessee coming into the game had the number two overall defense in the country. They – they were only allowing, I think, opponents to score like 61 points a game, and Kentucky had 52 at halftime. Yeah, it was just, I mean, just quite honestly, I mean, just blew away everybody on, on how well they did. And Tennessee, I mean, for their own, I mean, offensively, Tennessee wasn't bad. Yeah. Shot 53% from the field, 11 of 23 from three. 79 points. I mean, normally, if Tennessee does that, you, you know, Rick Barnes, if you're Rick Barnes, you'd expect to win that game easily. Yeah, instead you lose by 30. Yeah. Yeah, Kentucky's shooting 80% from the field late into the second half before, you know, some of the players got pulled, had some of the bench work, bench players come in, and, uh, man, they were just rolling. Yeah, they uh, they shot 20 of 21 from the free throw line, um, something that uh, we don't see very very often, especially whenever you have these young Kentucky teams. Kentucky team scores this team much older, but you know they shot horribly from the free throw line at LSU. So good to see them uh, getting back up to a really good percentage. It, and I mean, if you look at that and you look at the way Kentucky played, knocking down eleven of eighteen three pointers, just had good looks. That's through. the style that me and you, Zach, have talked about. How we wish Cal would go to that kind of style. And yeah, I mean, I, they're not going to be like this every game. That, that's a standard that cannot be met. But Zach, if they just play half like that. Yeah, We're in for a good year. Yeah, I mean, a, a team like that, I mean, playing close to that, you're a national title contender. Yeah, well, if they play, like, if they were to play like that, I don't think anybody could beat them. Yeah, so correct, I mean. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Sheboy just finished with nine points. Yeah. And, and, you know, you score 107 as a team, <laughs> and, and Sheboy doesn't even get into uh, double figures. So, yeah. you know, that's saying something. Nine yeah. points, uh, 12 rebounds. Of course, you know, still keeping up with the, uh, the double-digit rebounds. You know, Ty, Ty Ty Washington was the big big story for me. I feel like he's really coming into his own right now, Zach. And yeah, Derek. thought he I thought he played really well. Had a you know season high twenty eight. Severe Wheeler comes back, scores twenty one, dishes out eight assists. Kellen Grady was great, knocked down four three pointers in the game. And then you got some contributions from the bench. I mean, you get Davion Mintz coming off the bench, scoring ten points, knocking down a couple threes. Um, Jacob Toppin played pretty decent. Uh, Bryce Hopkins got some minutes, nailed a three. Uh, yeah, and then. Uh, other than that, you look at, I mean, Keon Brooks was okay, not great, but... Zan Payne coming in, getting getting a little uh, action in there, scoring two points. Yeah, knocking down a couple, knocking down a <laughs> pair of free throws. But, I mean, I mean, just overall, just a great team effort. Um, you have th- of course, you had Washington, Wheeler, and Grady all in double figures, and immense two at ten points. Just uh, all-around performance, uh, yeah. it's just not something you really expected to see out of John Calipari's offense. I, I loved it. Yeah, it was... Finally good to see Cal kind of uh, play this kind of style we've been wanting. And I'm so happy for Davion Mance. You know, that kid, what he had to endure last year when he had to be the guy, 
it's good to see him be on a good team finally, and you know, he's really coming into his own as of late. And somebody who was the top option last year yeah. has willingly – you know, reduced his role to mm-hmm. come off the bench and be a sixth or seventh man. Sort of reminds me of Darius Miller. If you remember the Brandon Knight year, uh, Darius Miller was a starter, and then the next year with Davis and Gilchrist, yeah. he so he came off the bench, did yeah. that sacrifice. Yeah, so, I mean, just goes to show the kind of player he is, He's uh, and he's done that for the good of the team, and it's working for him. He, he's a great player to bring off the bench, somebody who can come in and, you know, get you points off the bench and kind of energize that second unit. I know none of us really expected Ty Ty to come back next year. Uh, obviously, enjoy these last few uh, weeks with Ty Ty yes. out there because he's going to be making some money, uh, playing extremely well, uh, and so under control for an 18 year old. The way just got a veteran game, really. Very high IQ, yeah, I've noticed. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of those mid range shots. I'd rather you take a three, but he can nail them. Yeah, he, he's good at that. And, um, you know, Oscar Sheboy can hit them too, and I'm just like he, that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But but like Derek said, the fact that Oscar only scored nine points and yet Kentucky scored 107, that just tells you what kind of day it was. Yeah, and we need to appreciate that. I don't know if we'll see an offensive performance like that for a long time. No, I mean Cal's but, been here 13 years, and I think that was I'm a guy. I agree with you. That was probably think, the I best. Think I think it was the best, especially when you put it into context of Tennessee's defense. I mean, Kentucky's done that against. Mid-major squads. Yeah, this is not a mid-major squad. No. Tennessee's still a pretty good team. Tennessee's I think. top twenty-five, one of the best, better defensive teams in the country, and Kentucky just came out and just rolled them from the beginning. And now Kentucky this week has got some challenges. Big games. Uh, you go on the road Wednesday, at Texas A&M. Listen, Sean, I watched Texas A&M against Missouri. They didn't score for the first nine minutes of the game. And Missouri stinks. But. That's a game on the road. You never can take a road game in the SEC for granted. And Buzz Williams is a good coach. And A and M, I mean, it's like fifteen and two on the season. Yeah. So I mean, granted, I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. Granted, the competition has not been great, but overall, they've and they're four and zero in the conference. So I mean, you have to give them credit where credit's due. But not an easy game on Wednesday, and that's a game Kentucky could very well go down to College Station and lose. Yeah, A&M, they're number two in the conference right now. And Kentucky's then, at three. And then you've got Auburn on Saturday. The big and, one. And when the rankings come out, Auburn is probably going to be number three, number two in the country. Yeah. I, there's an argument they could be number one in the country. Auburn's really good. Bruce Pearl's got that thing rolling, and it's on the road. Their only loss this season is a double overtime loss to UConn. So I mean that's only that's really the only time they've slipped up. Auburn's good and and really a mismatch for Kentucky. Yeah, they got a couple of big guys. Zach, I think they got that Walker Kessler kid who was at North Carolina had a really good career there. Yeah, they've got him and then Jabari Smith, who a freshman, a six ten freshman who shoots over forty percent from three and is probably going to be a top five pick. So and and of course they've also got an, a transfer, a guard transfer from Eastern Kentucky who is. Uh, really came into his own there. Auburn's a tough matchup, and so this week's going to this week's going to tell a lot if Kentucky can build off that game against Tennessee. Uh, I think I think you can't go into Saturday and be disappointed with a loss. I think you kind of have to think that's a possibility. Now, if you go down to Auburn and win, all of a sudden you're setting yourself up for well, we might be onto something. Here. Yeah, and if you go in there and defeat Auburn, you know, you'll be tops in the SEC. You have the win over them. If they do win, Zach, I will be thrilled. Like I said, I won't be mad if they lose because Auburn's good this year and that's a road game. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if they keep playing like this, 
I think they could win. They could. It, it's a possibility. I, I'm not counting on it, but you never know. It's a tough place to play on the road at Auburn. It seems yes. like that environment down there, it's not a huge gymnasium that they play in. The fans, the students are right on top of you. And it seems like when uh, Kentucky has gone down there in the past, a lot of times it's not worked out for them in recent memory. And there, and that fan base is going to be really amped up coming in as, pro, yeah. as probably no, the number two team in the country, hosting Kentucky, a chance to really get a – you know, a marquee win on a national stage. That game's going to be on CBS. Oh, I didn't know yes. that. That's 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 big. So it, it's going to be a huge stage for them to come, for Auburn to kind of prove that they're among the best in the country, and you know they're going to be amped up for that. So, a tough a, a tough week coming up for Kentucky, but they've got a good they've got some momentum now. You've got some momentum coming off that Tennessee game, and uh, of course Kentucky's you know got previous wins over Vanderbilt and Georgia. So you're riding a three game winning streak going into this week. Let's hope. Uh, Let's hope they can keep that going. Guys, the other big story from Saturday is, of course, the uh, passing of Joe B. Hall that came out Saturday morning. Um, you know, I thought John Calipari's tribute to Joe B. was really nice. They were close. You know, John, not not, not saying that the other coaches didn't pay attention to Joe B. Hall, but really Cal, Cal from when he got here, he really uh, had Joe B. more kind of in the program. He calls Joe B. his mentor. Yeah, and I think that's been – that's been really great to see, and it shows how John Calipari has embraced, you know, the Kentucky culture. Yeah, and I think that that really uh, done a lot for Joe B. Kind of gave him something to live for, kind of being so. back in the limelight. You know, and, and during you know during COVID, I know it's been it was kind of really hard for Joe B. I know yeah. he was he was in a uh, it looked like a nursing facility for a while. Yeah, and, you know, we we always seen what he looked like. We seen some pictures over the last little bit. You, you could tell he his health was failing. Of course, he was 93. 93 years old. I mean, what a life. Yeah, really. I mean, I, you know, most of us can really only hope to live to 93. Yeah, yeah heck of a run. I mean, you yeah. think about it, what all he was able to accomplish, following in the footsteps of Adolph Rupp taking over that program. <laughs> I mean, from Kentucky, we've talked about it, and you've heard about it from Cynthiana. And played at Kentucky. Played at Kentucky, under Rupp, um, came back and, and coached with Adolph Rupp, took over the program, ultimately winning a national title there in, in 78 with Goose Gibbons. Uh, they, they defeated Duke. So, man, that's just a storybook life right yes. there. Uh, and I know that he has his detractors, uh, as anyone is going to. But, man, when you look back at it and what he was able to accomplish – I mean, Joe B. Hall, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, multiple SEC championships. Of course, you have the national championship in '78, uh, a couple of uh, you know, a couple of Final Fours, uh, multiple Elite Eights, 297 career wins at UK. That's pretty good. You know, he. Uh, we talked about whenever Tubby was being honored, how Tubby had to take over for Rick Pitino, who sort of resurrected Kentucky. You try being Joe B. Hall taking over for Rupp, who made the program. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're literally following. You're following one of the legends. Yeah. I mean, the guy who constructed the Kentucky program, and um, you know, Joe B. Really, to me, is somebody who helped make Kentucky what it is because Kentucky could have been a one-hit wonder. Yeah, they, you know, they could. You know, you see multiple programs that have one good coach, and then it falls apart. That's a good point, kind of like with UCLA and John Wooden. Yeah. So Joe B was able to keep that train going and ultimately, you know, lead into uh, you know, lead into the Patino era and all that later that, on. I didn't think about that, Zach. That that is Joe B was very important to to keep it going. Yeah, I mean I mean you look I mean when Adolph Rupp was was finished, Kentucky could have fallen apart yeah. and you wouldn't be able to blame Joe B a ton. That's a 
that's a major challenge to take that on and try to follow in Rupp's footsteps. And, of course, he, he wasn't Adolph Rupp, and he never tried to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what led to his success is he didn't try to imitate Adolph Rupp. He didn't try to be him, try to do everything he did, because at that time it was, it was unheard of to do what Adolph Rupp yeah. did. So he did his own thing and, was a, and you know, had a lot of success. You know, I mean, he had some detractors during his time at Kentucky, but, of course, they were, you know, Kentucky fans were used to Adolph Rupp and, uh, you, always, you always have that segment, though, that's crazy. I mean, Cal has his detractors. Oh, absolutely. You're always going to have people who um, are not, you know, are, are not totally thrilled. They want something different. It's a championship or bust for a lot yeah. of those people. But, uh, I mean, I mean, Joe B did really well considering all the circumstances and ultimately, I mean, helped make Kentucky, helped ensure that Kentucky was going to be a program that, you know, stood the test of time. And when you when you look at it, guys, a lot of these links to the past are there, there's very few left. You know, of course, you start with Kaywood Ledford, and Kaywood's been gone quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at, uh, of course, Joe B's gone now. Bill Kitley, you know, the equipment, Wall, Jones. equipment manager. All all these figures from from days gone by. Yeah. There's not very many left. Of course, uh, you know, you talk about uh, basket UK basketball history. Uh, founder of the Cats Paws, Oscar Combs. Uh, still around and, and still active, not doing as much as he used to. But and these, uh, you know, these links to the past for UK are, are getting few and far between yeah. now. And then you know, Eddie it's Sutton, of, he, he's yeah. died. I know that was kind of a, a dark time, but yeah, he's somebody from UK's past. And Eddie was able to, you know, get his career back on the the right track mm-hmm. once he left UK. So, you know, just uh, just looking back, at, it's a lot of those that are no longer with us and. Uh, it seems like a lot recently have have gone on. It's sad, you know. Um, don't none of us really were alive when Joe B was coaching, right. but just kind of seeing him, he always seemed like just such a very nice, down to earth individual. Somebody that would just talk to any stranger. Just always seemed like a, a nice person, kind of like a, a grandpa, if yeah. you will. Just one of those people you'd want to be like, as, as like your grandpa. U- he's like the UK grandpa. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they, there was they were posting pictures of him a few years ago doing the Y, and he, he, he you could tell that. Um, Cal kind of keeping him in the program like that, and really. You, and, you know, I, I was on Twitter Saturday just kind of scrolling through, and I saw a lot of people who had, you know, written Joe B. Hall over the years, and he had taken the time to, you know, write them a letter back or something. And uh, I, I just I always think, you know, for somebody who's who's got a celebrity status about them, uh, of course, you know, he's not a national celebrity, but around Kentucky everybody knew who Joe B. was. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, taking the time to do that I think just shows a lot of character. And, uh, you know, I, he's going to be missed. He's going to be missed. I, you know. I uh, was genuinely sad when I heard yeah, the news. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it was a sad thing. But, I mean, I mean, what a career. What a life. And Yeah, in, in his later years, uh, there's a pharmacy up in uh, up in Lexington, Wheeler's. Yeah. You've heard of, heard him talk about it, the Horseshoe of Knowledge, kind of a, a area they have set up with uh, with stools that a lot of the, the old-timers come and sit and, and talk. And, you know, you're able to see uh, some celebrities there. You know, Joe Hall was a frequent visitor. Sam Bowie there. I know Jack Gibbons has been there and, and others. Uh, so, you know, he was able to be out there and for, for many years and just be among the, you know, the people of Lexington and, and fit in and, uh, you know, just tell old stories and things like that. So, you know, it was it was neat to hear of him doing that also. Um, guys, you know, want to switch gears just a little bit here. You know, while Kentucky's had a, you know, a little run of momentum, Louisville has had the exact opposite. And, you know, I'm not sure where, what's going to happen with Chris Mack. You know, um, 
still have these pending NCAA sanctions. Not no not much word on that. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think the Chris Mack experiment has kind of been a failure. I mean, it's hard to call it successful at this point. I mean, uh, he's you know, and of course he he took on a program that was you know riddled in controversy and. Um, you know, was already dealing with some scholarship limits and, you know, kind of hard to recruit when you've got, uh, you know, sanctions looming. How do you, how do you go to the top prospects in the country and say, you know, Hey, come here and come here and play when you don't know, you may end up, you know, with a postseason ban. And of course nobody wants to, you know, it's hard to get players playing that, but Louisville's lost three in a row. Um, and they're now 10 and seven, four and three in the conference. Two of them to pretty terrible teams. NC state, is nine and nine right now. In Pittsburgh, they lost to Pitt over the weekend uh, by twelve, and Pitt is seven and ten. Yeah, uh, just mul- just you know, back to back, really bad losses. And, and you know, it's like that they've, you know, they lost to Furman earlier this year. I mean, I don't know what's going on with them, and I, I feel so bad for their fans because the football team had a rough year. Now the basketball season is, it's been terrible so far. Yeah, you had the Furman loss earlier, and then a, a loss to DePaul back in December. Um, you know that was kind of unexpected, so I, I just not been. It's not been great. Uh, Were they expected to be pretty good this year? I, I mean, fair. But here's the thing. You know, kind of like we talked about with football side, the ACC was kind of there for the taking. Outside of Duke, yeah. The the, the I mean, Miami is at the top right now. The ACC are right up there, yeah. and nobody was talking about Miami, but the ACC is. Pretty bad. I mean, you got you have Duke. Yeah, you literally have Duke, and it's like Duke, and then everybody else. And I mean, I mean, Louisville had to me going into the season probably had just as good a chance as anybody to be second in the ACC. Behind, I mean, behind the Blue Devils. But now you look, it might be Miami. It might be Wake Forest. Could, seems to be pretty decent. Uh, I don't even really know how to handicap the ACC right now. I would, I would probably take Miami at this point to be the second best team, but just. Things are just not looking good there, and of course, you know Chris Mack had the whole thing with uh, Dino Gaudio and all that kind of uh, all that mess from the. What a man! I think fans are just tired of all this stuff, Zach. There's kind of a cloud over the Louisville program. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of fans were just you know elated when uh, Chris Mack was hired, and I I thought Chris Mack would work there. I but, did too, but so far he just hasn't. I, I think it's been a complete failure, and I don't really, I don't really think you're at the point you're at the point where you're able to just let him go because you have buyouts and all this other stuff. Well, that and it's going to be hard to lure a good coach because you have these sanctions. It, oh, exactly, which it's, could be severe. Yeah, and I mean, you look for maybe like an up and comer or something. But uh, if you're an up and coming coach, is this? Is this the job you want? I, they're in they're in kind of a tough place right now, and you know maybe Chris Mack turns it around. I, you know I don't I'm not saying he's dead in the water right now. I mean anybody can turn it around, and they've they've got some talent on that team. They're not. It's not like they're just t- totally void of talent. It's I, I don't know Chris Mack. I, I think Chris Mack can turn it around, but he needs to start. He needs to start win. doing it. <laughs> Because uh, I mean, fans aren't going to put up with that for a long period of time. And if they, I mean, if I mean, if they were to not make the tournament this year, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for the women's program right now, of course, they're having a lot of success. Uh, they're really the good. Uh, yeah, they, that's the... Uh, Jeff Walls just picked up his 400th career win, I believe. and uh, That's man, the beacon of light there right now. If they didn't have that, they would be grasping for any, yeah. any hope yeah. at all. Uh, they've got a game on uh, Wednesday uh, at home against Boston College. If they lose that, then I think they're in deep trouble because Boston College sucks. <laughs> There's Sean's bold take of the day. Any Boston College fans out there, you can you can call Sean and tell him what you think. But uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't, if you're if you're Louisville, I don't really know what you do right now. You have to, you, you need to try to figure out something fast though because you you're in danger of falling really far behind and getting into a hole you can't get out of. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got Boston College, Notre Dame, and Virginia. That's their next three games, which are winnable. And then you got Duke at home on the 29th of January at home. Yeah. And, and, Sean, you know, switching gears here, speaking of teams in a hole, uh, you like that segue there? <laughs> <laughs> Programs. Memphis. Memphis is in a deep, deep hole. Boston College sucks. Memphis sucks. <laughs> They're terrible. Penny Hardaway, you remember – Penny Hardaway went on a rant about his players saying they were selfish and didn't want to help the young guys and they were like a distraction and you had a good rant and, and were you know causing the death of the team and I you know I had some opinions about that and I still have some opinions about that I still think what Penny said was really terrible but you know he said oh we're about to get going when we get when we start getting our young guys involved and well they've Lost back-to-back games to uh, UCF and East Carolina. Not exactly, uh, <laughs> not exactly powerhouses in the college basketball. Not landscape. with the recruits that they brought in. Zach. And you know, when you have Jalen Duran, Amani Bates, and this group of talented players, you know, Memphis has been winning on the recruiting trail since they got Penny. But their wins on the recruiting trail have not equated to wins on the basketball court. And who's to blame for that? I say Penny Hardaway. Well, I, I said this when he when he made that statement, Zach. I said, I don't want to ever hear anybody talk about and say Cal cannot coach. He just has talent. Because Penny has proven that you can have talent and still stink. And he, he, he's got oodles of talent. I mean, uh, what – I mean – They're 9-7. They're 9-7. and seven. They're 3-3 three and three in the American. And at one point lost four games in a row this season. Yes, I mean they, they, they lost. You know, going back to November and December, lost to Iowa State, lost to Georgia, Ole Miss, and Murray State four in a and row. Georgia's awful. Yes, and, and I mean what? And now you you know you had a loss to Tulane back in the end of December. <laughs> then you won three in a row. But I mean, goodness gracious, it's the American Conference, and you've got this talent. You should be winning three in a row regularly. And now you've lost back to back games. At UCF and at East Carolina. You really got to wonder how long these recruits are going to buy what Penny's selling to them out on the recruiting trail for them to go to yeah. Memphis and, and fall into obscurity. Yes. That, that's what it is. I've not heard of Jalen Duran or Imani Bates since. And here's the thing, guys. When, you, when you're when you Jalen Duran and you're Imani Bates, look at, the, look at the NBA mock drafts right now. They're not where they were. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's money lost. That, that is money that you're losing I, I out on by going to Memphis. I don't care about the NIL deals they're getting in Memphis. Money, that, that NBA money, especially in the first round, that guaranteed money. It, the difference between getting picked, say, fourth and getting picked 12th oh, it's is huge. huge. And it's more than whatever FedEx is paying them. Yes. And yeah. one, at one point, Imani Bates 
couple years back, Zach looked at as you know the the next LeBron or the next Durant yes, or something. Yes. He this big label, and you've not heard anything about him. You know, the, the guy you're hearing mostly about in college basketball is, is either Oscar Schwebe or a uh, Pablo Banchero Banchero at Duke. Yeah, and what I mean, it goes back to it. You know, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. Um, you don't you go know, to Memphis unless John Calipari's there. Yeah, it, it, it's just, they've just, you know. But I, I don't want to hear that ever again. I don't want to hear people say that Cal cannot coach. Is he the best X's and O's coach? No, he's not. That's probably Coach K. Yeah, but you are not going to sit there and tell that. me that the man cannot coach whenever he takes these uh, players who are, you know, the, the dominant player on their respective team in high school yeah. and mow them into a team. Because Penny – I mean, Penny's got just as much talent, if not more, than Kentucky this year, and they stink. Right now, guys, Memphis is seventh in the American Conference. Yes, and, and the American Conference has the likes of a Houston, SMU, Tulane, Temple, East Carolina, uh, Wichita State. You remember them? Nine yeah. and seven this year overall. <laughs> not a good, you know, Wichita State, not what they were a few years ago. Uh, Memphis barely beat Tulsa the other night, and Tulsa is six and nine. And 0 and 4 in the conference. Yes. But. He, I just, you know, Penny has had a tumultuous year, to say the least. and I'd fire him. And I'd say we're getting to the point where he's going to start blaming his players again for, for their lack of success. Of course, it does. none of it falls on him, apparently. No, he's perfect. Yeah, and so, I just, you that's not how you coach. They pushed Tubby Smith, because Tubby was there before mm-hmm. Penny. They pushed Tubby Smith out for this. you got to wonder where Penny ends up if it doesn't end up working out in Memphis. I mean, that's his alma mater. You know, he's had all the the links to there, everything. So where does he where does he fall? Where does he end up? And it's not just this year, Derek. He's had talent there for several years and how many times have they been to the tournament? Zero. Zero. I mean, you're he's not done anything. Josh Pastner did better at Memphis and they fired him. I'm scrolling through <laughs> headlines here of uh, talk about Penny Hardaway. Uh, the Daily Memphian, the headline this morning, the Penny Hardaway era isn't over, but the fun sure is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't take long. Yeah. It, 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 it's fun until they start playing basketball because they, they, you know, it's fun getting those recruits. But then whenever the, the ball's tipped up, it just it goes down. You know, back a couple weeks ago, Penny said, you know, if we have an opening, we want to play Kentucky. I say let's do it. Yeah, I think they could beat them worse than they beat Tennessee. Let, let's do it. Let, let, let's bring Penny into rapper. Let's go to Memphis. Sure. <laughs> wonder, e- either way. I wonder if he has that same feeling now. <laughs> I think Kentucky would run Memphis off the floor. Now, Cal has said if they have an opening, it's going to be Gonzaga, which I, I would rather play. You know? I, I don't want there to be an opening because that means somebody had COVID. Yeah. But I would love to play Gonzaga. Love it. Yeah, I think that I think that would be fun. But I wish Cal would go down there to Memphis and you know teach Penny a lesson on how to coach <laughs> talent because Penny obviously needs to learn. I think he's still. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think he's P- Penny's still dealing with that. Uh, what was it that little brother mentality he had <laughs> at, at the Magic with Shaq? Yeah. I, I think he kind of has to overcompensate whenever he talks about the players being terrible. But the fact is, he's a terrible coach, in my opinion. Yeah. He can recruit, obviously. He, he's not shown, he's not shown me anything yet. Um, so. Again, Cal, look at Cal, and look at Penny, and look at Coach K. That they, yep. they all get talent, but look who wins. I, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for 
Penny Hardaway come out and start blaming his players again for their misfortunes. But well, that didn't help things. Whenever he Zach, when did he say that exactly? Was that was, that, uh, that was after what that uh, Ole Miss loss that or that was, Murray loss? Yeah, that was several weeks ago, and you know he was, he said, "Oh, we're about to really start picking it up." Yeah, that they beat Alabama, which Alabama is now falling off the face of the planet. Uh, <laughs> then they lost to Tulane. Won three straight, which is, you know, great, but it was Wichita State, Tulsa, and Cincinnati who yeah. are kind of toward the bottom of the, yeah. the American. Exactly. And now they've lost uh, two straight. They've lost by 10 to UCF, who is 10 and 5, and then ECU, who is 11 and 5. Not exactly <laughs> quality competition. Not exactly. So uh, I'm, I've been frustrated with Penny and. I, I don't know how much longer the uh, the love fest with him is going to last. I don't know how there is any. I mean, I'm not kidding. I really think Josh Pastner did a better job <laughs> at Memphis than Benny has. At least Josh got to the tournament. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he did. I mean, you got to give him credit for that. But uh, other than that, guys. Uh, oh, Derek, what, you were going to say something? Nah, you just talking about Josh Pastner. Every time I think of him now, I think of him wearing a big face shield. <laughs> <laughs> that, He's kind of became a, a cultural icon at Georgia Tech. That, that is a really good, a really good memory of Josh Pastner with the I big know, face he was shield. Nearly on UK state. Yes, he, I mean, he was he, packing up coming to Kentucky. He was. Uh, I think he, his signature. If you look back at the first uh, contract that Cal signed, Pastner was his signatures on there as a witness. Yes. So he was there in Lexington. So it's funny how things work. And out. Josh was he said he has said he was packing up to come to Lexington and then that's when Memphis offered him the job. Yep. Yeah. Weird how things change like that. Guys, uh, we kind of wrap up here. Any final thoughts about the landscape of college basketball? I'm Baylor's lost two straight at home. They're not going to be number one now. Um I know it's kind of a weird year. I I think things are just about as open in college basketball right now as they've been in a long time. Yeah, you know, there's no real powerhouse. Um, Arizona, that they're top five, but I don't, I'm not buying into them. U, USC's good. Um, UCLA, good good team this year. It's wide open though, man. And yeah, to me, to me, like I said, it's probably the most wide open it's been in years. And you know, I think tournament time is going to be really fun. We're kind, I think maybe over the next, you know. Three or four weeks, we'll maybe maybe we'll start seeing some teams kind of separate themselves. I don't know. I I kind of thought we'd kind of start to see that as we went into January, and it hadn't really happened yet. But um, anybody, everybody's beatable. Yeah, everybody's beatable. There's no real true, you know. Oh, this team is the definite favorite. You know, I look at it right now, and I could probably pick out. You know, maybe eight teams I think could win it. Yeah, uh, if Kentucky, if Kentucky right now in the latest ranking, and now it's the new one's not come out yet. They're ranked 18th. The way they played the other day, they could win a championship playing like yeah, that. Yeah, and I expect Kentucky to probably go up at least to 15th. Or yeah, maybe I saw even... earlier they've, in the Ken Palm, they're up to number four now, I think, which is Gonzaga and a couple of those yeah. teams. So Kentucky, in the at least the Ken Palm rankings, it, it's just shooting open. up there. And I guess my final thing, we should have talked about it a little bit ago when we was talking about uh, some of this other stuff, but I just wonder how long the Kyra Elsey era for UK women's basketball is going to last. Yeah, I think we need to touch on that I, just a second. I don't yeah. think that it's going to work out, and that's unfortunate because, uh, I mean, you've got arguably the best player in program history on your roster right now, and nobody's talking about her at no. all. No, and I seen a post this morning on Kentucky Sports Radio saying that her talents are not being utilized. Ryan Howard. Yeah, I uh, I'm not sure. And Kyra Elsie seems like a really great person. But, you know, 
something we've talked about, guys, it's so hard to um, go within your program and elevate somebody to the head coach. It doesn't work out a lot. And you take somebody like Matthew Mitchell, who had so much success here, that's going to be hard for Kyra Elsie to follow. And I, I'm with you, Derek. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, I really wanted to see it work because I think, I, I, you know, from all accounts, you know, she seems like a great person. I mean, she played basketball under Pat Summit at Tennessee. That's uh, pretty so, pretty good. And, yeah. You know, learned from the best, obviously. Yeah, so. Kentucky is 8-4 and four right now, and they got throttled the other night at Tennessee, 84-58, after losing by 20 to South Carolina. Now, those teams are number one and number yeah, they, five, respectively. That's good competition. But I, I just. But you don't want to get ran off the court like they did yeah. either. You know, if you lose, it's one thing. If you get blown out with no even chance of. Especially when you're supposed to be ranked yourself. Yeah, um, and I, I just I don't know. I mean, it's like kind of like I said with Chris Mack. You know, it can be turned around, but it needs to be started. Needs, that process needs to start sooner rather than later. You know what I think is interesting. Uh, the Connecticut women have three losses, and it's uh, only January. <laughs> That's more loss than they've had in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, well, there was there was what like three, two, like between two and four years where they won like a crazy amount of games straight, beat the old UCLA record. Yeah, I, I can't remember how many how many exactly. I mean, it there was. for a while it, it was. I mean, Gina Oriema was like. You know, unbeatable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> numerous crazy streaks throughout his yeah. you know, his tenure it, there. You, you would watch UConn women play somebody like Stanford because you would think, okay, maybe this is going to be the night they're going to lose. And to see them with three losses already, it's kind of shocking. You know, guys, uh, we were talking about Kentucky in the rankings just a little bit ago. The new AP poll came out just right, you know, just right here, and uh, Kentucky's Breaking number news. twelve. Wow, number twelve. Number twelve. That's a pretty good jump between uh, ranked between Villanova and LSU. I think that's pretty good. Uh, Baylor drops to number five. Auburn is number two in the country now. Gonzaga number one. Gonzaga's number one. Auburn two. Arizona three. Purdue four. Baylor five. I'm not buying Arizona. And I'm not buying Purdue. <laughs> when you lose to Rutgers, <laughs> I can't buy you. And Arizona has not played anybody hardly. So you know, learn one thing in life: you never take Purdue. <laughs> Something's no. always going to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm I'm kind of surprised they moved Kentucky up so far. But you know what, man? I mean, if they play like that, they're a top five team. And here's the thing: I mean, I'm not expecting Kentucky to go to Auburn and win on Saturday. But if they if they go down and beat Texas A&M on the road and then beat Auburn on the road on Saturday, Kentucky will probably be a top five team. There is a path for Kentucky to still be a number one seed in March. The path exists. It's very difficult. Yeah. It, let's not get that wrong. It is very difficult. Mm-hmm. In but it's quite, there. It, but it's there. You, they, they need right to take now, care of I'm, business. Right now, I'm thinking probably a, on the two or three line. Yeah. Uh, if you know, as, if things go as kind of how we see it. But the, the path to a one seed exists. It, it's there. It, you know, that Notre Dame loss is going to come back and hurt a lot. That, that stings. The, the Notre that's, Dame loss does that's sting. That's going to hurt. Because the loss at LSU is going to turn out to not be a bad loss. Mm-hmm. And the loss against Duke on a neutral court yeah. is, going to, is going to turn out to not be a bad loss. But Notre Dame stings. The, that loss at Notre Dame is going to come back and rear its ugly head and uh, will probably will definitely hurt in the seeding process. But guys, uh, let's, we're you know we're coming to the end of our time here, so we're going to go ahead and uh, kind of wrap this up. We appreciate all y'all for listening, and uh, as always, guys, go Cats. Rest in peace, Joe B. Hall.